0: This is Meet My Followers, episode number 45 for October 6, 2010. Hi, I'm your host, Kate Dworkin, and on this episode of the show, I'm actually going to break the format here. Uh, I know that this is the show where I typically interview my actual Twitter followers, one every day, but there were a couple of issues, both timing scheduling on my part, and a data corruption issue relating to a couple of recordings. Um, I actually don't have an episode for today, so... I'm gonna peel back the curtain just a little bit, let you guys see um, kind of what's gone on since we launched the episode and uh, some of my favorite moments uh in recording this. so um let's let's start off with some numbers, right uh forty five episodes have now come out now, including this one. Um, as of the release of this, I am a hair short of having two thousand episodes downloaded in just about two months. Um, so it's, it, I, I feel really, really fortunate because you guys make the show, right? I mean, without the show, it's me blabbing every day and that's not interesting. Uh, you guys are interesting and, uh, thank you for the support that you guys have brought to the show. It just means the world to me. Um, you know, to sit here and think that, you know, every day I'm having somewhere between, you know, 42 and, and, and 50 people a day on average come in and listen to the show. It, it's, it does mean a lot to me. Um, you know, and, uh, it just is uh, something that I, I find to be really, really humbling because I wasn't expecting that kind of success for the show this early on. I really expected for the first six months to be uh, me downloading and test downloading multiple times, the show guest, their friends, um, and um, possibly my parents downloading an episode. So, um, you know, to sit here and see the show having this kind of success this early on, it just is is really, you know, phenomenal. Um, you know, next up, I, I have to thank uh, the sponsors of the show, right? One forty and Solvate. Without their support, this show doesn't take off the way that it has, and and it doesn't get financed the way that it has been. So, um, you know, it, I've got to just give them huge, huge props. Um, you know, it, it's also additionally interesting to me that uh, you know this isn't just a, a. While I focus very much on. Phoenix, the Phoenix internet community. Um, it's not a show solely about Phoenix. And you guys can see that in the kinds of people who um, I have on the show entrepreneurs, people who uh, are, are creating their own jobs and, and um, just very inspiring in their own respect, right? Very social media savvy. That stated, um, you know, Arizona is, is a huge uh, central piece to uh, the listenership of the show. But that's not to say that this show doesn't have a global reach now um, you know i've had you know folks on the website from thirty seven different countries um, and so you know it's it's one of those things where I typically don't tell my guests that until after the fact because I don't care to freak them out um, but it's it's one of those where it's it's um, it's extremely humbling to know that I'm putting out content and it's it's literally getting worldwide attention um, and that you guys are you know that interesting that to me is the really fun part where people Literally all over the world are getting an opportunity to be introduced to you. So, uh, you know, I'm going to start to point out some of the the clips that I absolutely love, and and the first one here is from uh, my good buddy and and the guy who, um, I guess you know, he calls me his mentor, although I don't buy that. I look at him as a, a, a peer who's just you know a step or two behind me in some respects. Uh, Sammy Taggart uh, at Go Sam episode number five from August 11th. Uh, guys, enjoy
1: or the way you build a brand online and on social media is by building a community you can't start i mean you start out with nothing essentially unless you're you know kanye west and you join twitter and get a couple hundred thousand followers in a matter of hours but in the in the in the case of most brands you start out with nothing and what you have to do is you have to find you know current uh current customers and consumers and fans of yours and you have to work on building it and it's really a process. Um, it's constant interaction. It's finding every person talking about your brand on Facebook, on Twitter, and and sending them a message. I mean, if you are Coca-Cola, uh, find someone talking about enjoying their last Coke and reach out to them. There's no reason not to respond to anybody and everybody talking about your brand. Um, and I think that that's one of the biggest, uh, you know, one of the biggest things that most brands miss out on is that actual interaction, that day-to-day building a relationship with your customers. Um, And I think, like I said, it's a process. You're, you know, you're working towards a goal. Social media is not a sprint. It's a marathon. That's something Gary says over and over again and something that's really true. Because if you work towards a superficial goal like making money or, um, you know, making money is the number one goal, I think, of most brands. If you work towards that goal too soon, you're just going to fail. You have to care about what, you know. About your, your 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 brand in the first place, and about the people that care really do care about your brand, and and in the end fuel your brand. So um, I think that you know the biggest lesson is never taking for granted who really uh, makes your brand powerful, and that's your fans, and um, and getting to know them on a on a more personal level. That's the real benefit I think of social media.
0: Sure, and and I mean we recently had a back and forth via blog about kind of the idea of marathons, right? um yep. you know it's it's it was definitely one of those where you had you know your statement and i knew exactly where your thought process was and i could right. leverage the fact that you either were a little tired when you were writing it or that you right. know things were you didn't link the the major thesis of of sam's post was that you know you got to remember about the long term you really have to you know think about what your long term strategies are and uh, the big hole that he left wide open that I just could walk right through and kind of just <laughs> jab him in the side was the fact that you got to bring those huge goals down to daily activities. Yep. Uh, and so that was that was a fun little back and forth. But let's talk about, uh, you know, you've worked with these two teams, right, the Jets and, and the Nets, who are on complete opposite sides of the spectrum, where, you know, one had a great season and one had one of the worst seasons in the NBA's history. Right. Sure. So, I mean, does that affect the, their ability to create community as or interact with their community as you see from, you know, kind of the outside consultant and kind of helping these brands figure out how to do it?
1: Yeah, there's no doubt that in sports and 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 in social media that winning, you know, really cures a lot of things. And uh, with the Nets, it was, it was a tough, you know, we started working with them, I think it was this past, you know, late, late. January and they're in the middle of one of the worst seasons in NBA history and uh, it's been a real process to kind of find those fans find those true brand evangelists and um, really and get to know them I mean what's been good about it is that we really have a nice niche a nice small community that is really really passionate about the brand even though they had a bad season they had a you know a less than great off season. that you know fans really expected the team to go out and sign a couple of free, big free agents and they didn't but, um in the end the the current fan base they have is super passionate that's that's one important lesson is that it doesn't the size of your fan base is a total it's just a number you know you're really focusing on the the super the super fans, the ones that really are there through the thick and thin, the ones that want to interact and communicate on a daily basis I mean I know uh. Specific uh, Twitter users and Facebook users by just by watching what happens on the Nets' wall because they're constantly they're coming back and supporting the team. Um, on the other hand, the Jets have a really, really, really strong, big, passionate fan base because they wanted a big winning winning streak last season. Um, they hired a new coach last season, uh, and you know when we when the, when they went on that winning streak, we saw a clear um, a clear uh, you know positive correlation between their wins and the, the fan base going up but i don't necessarily think again the numbers went up but i don't necessarily think that it was a sign of the way uh the passion of the fans that were there i think that from day one um through the thing that i talked about earlier mm-hmm. the constant content creation the constant back and forth between the brand and the fans and the involvement of players i think from a sports standpoint, involving your players, they're the number one asset of any sports team, so do as much as you can to get them involved. Um, but I think that the, the passion of, of the two communities that we have, even though the numbers are very different, I think that the passion is there on both sides, and that's really what you're focusing on. You really want to get get a really nice core of passionate us- users, because if you have a million fans and only you know 3% of them are active, then what's it matter? I'd rather have you know eighty percent active fans and only have twenty thousand so
0: Sammy is one of those guys who I severely respect he's uh our conversations are always a high point for me, and uh, I look forward to getting his i m messages every day asking how how I'm doing and he's just he, he's a guy who really cares and it shows in the way that he handles himself in business and the way that he handles social media and the and the way that he's helping big sports teams understand how to use some of these tools. He's insanely smart. If you didn't get a chance to listen to that episode because it was extremely early on, please go back and download episode number five. Uh, He's someone who, like I said, I greatly respect and I think that a lot of people can learn from. So connect with him. It'll definitely be worth your time. This next segment is actually from a guy who gave me one of the most humbling compliments that um, I've had uh, in the last year. Um, that was from Olivier Blanchard at the brand builder. Uh, he said, he said something on his blog that really kind of caught me off guard, right? When he was trying to promote the episode and help me out. Um, he stated that I had missed my calling and that I should have been a radio host or a television, uh, presenter. And, um, you know, I wasn't expecting that at all when I did the interview with him. Um, he's someone who I respect immensely and, uh, think think that he understands so much of marketing and and, and brand management and and then therefore uh, social media because those things are just extensions uh, into kind of the personal one-to-one basis for large companies. So uh, here's a clip from my interview with Olivier.
2: Sure. Well, you know, the, the, the ROI discussion has been kind of like one of the big things uh that that people always ask me about. And uh, and I don't think I've really figured this out. I mean to me, ROI is simple. You can look it up, you know, Google ROI uh by itself and, and you'll find a very simple equation which really touches on on the the cost of the dollar value of an investment and then the dollar value of a gain. Uh and and the relationship between the two essentially gives you that return. So um when it comes to social media, though, for some strange, bizarre reason, uh, a lot of you know, quote unquote, social media experts or gurus or however you want to call them, have decided that uh, social media ROI was going to be something different, and and it's been kind of bizarre. And, and so, about a year and a half ago you know i was I was working mostly on you know setting up best practices for social media programs and and how to actually build them and i I came across this this problem uh, especially on twitter and 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 on in the blogosphere of people tr- essentially completely misunderstanding. Uh, the relationship between ROI and social media and, and creating new versions of it that made absolutely no sense. And these crazy outlandish equations and calculators that were based in not at all in reality. And, and I realized that there was a huge issue that, that I hadn't really touched on yet, which was that when companies reached out to their marketing partners or to social media, quote unquote, experts, uh, advertising agencies, PR firms, marketing firms, and asked them, about the ROI of social media, they were not getting the answer they expected. They were getting answers about engagement, about conversation, about followers, about a lot of, of different metrics, but they weren't getting an answer that addressed their, their return on investment question, which was, if I invest $100,000 in this program, you know, on salaries and tools and whatnot, what am I going to get out of it? Or how am I going to measure success? Uh, based on that investment. What will my return be and how will I know what my return is? And they were asking a financial question. They were saying, if I spend $100,000 on this, as opposed to spending $100,000 on something else, how will this benefit my business and my p
0: Well, that's a quick look back at the episode with Olivier. If you missed that, that was episode 19. I really recommend that you go back there and uh, listen to it this next clip is uh, from Dr. Brett Simmons over at the University of Nevada at Reno. Um, really a ridiculously smart guy and and a guy with a very different perspective regarding social media and personal branding than a lot of people. Um, and that may be because he's a professor. that may be because he actually teaches mark or uh, not marketing but management. Um, and uh, you know, He's one of those guys who, uh, once again, I want to sit down with in a room at some point because I think that that uh, he can make me better in a single conversation. Um, you know, one of the key points that I really loved in in our conversation was how to enable him or anyone else, for that matter, to help you.
3: Also, well, the hardest part of the whole thing is defining. Mm-hmm what you believe your brand is and I mean I I've tried to be real specific about what I tell people their brand is to me your brand is your value what you can do uniquely well to help other people address opportunities and solve problems that matter to them. Hmm. And, I mean, that needs to be crystal clear in your mind. What is it that you can do that you deserve today to be brilliantly compensated for? You need to be able to make that case to anyone that would come up and ask you, um, what is it that you do? Because if you can't make the case, I can't help you. If you can't tell me what your value is, I can't tell other people what your value is, and uh, that's the biggest thing that I that everyone struggles with is defining what their value is and then creating content around that value. Because if you don't create content around that value to further describe what you can do to help others, you don't even give me a chance to take that value and show it to other people and say, you know, look, here, John Smith over here wrote this blog post about what he's doing in this area. And I know that that's an area that you have a need in. Why don't you take a look at John Smith?
0: Well, guys, that just about finishes up this episode of the show. I hope that you enjoyed taking a quick look back at some of uh, my favorite interviews and and points through here, and that you enjoyed getting some stats on the show because um you know it doesn't happen often enough that podcasters kind of release what their audience is and 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 um, treat their audience with the respect that i I have for each and every one of you um you know sometimes it's just eyeballs and you expect people just to kind of um just be an audience and sit quietly. But you guys have, as a community, stepped up and helped me out on a number of occasions where I didn't have shows and sent out a, a, a tweet saying, oh my gosh, I need help, and so many people have come running uh, to do so. Um, so thank you guys all very, very much. It's been a blast of the first two months. Um, I hope that uh, you know I can find a way to make these kinds of updates um, potentially more regular than... Um, once every 60 days, I think that, that you guys deserve that. Um, so we'll see what we can do. Uh, I'm, I'm toying with the idea of uh, potentially doing a show on Saturday, which is a clip show, kind of like this, but uh, you know, probably somewhere in the range of about 10 to 12 minutes versus the, the normal show length that I've got here. Um, and uh, just giving you guys kind of short snippets from the, uh, week that had been released. Uh, that way you guys will be able to understand better, um, you know, whose interviews you really want to dig deep into. So guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. It really means a lot to me. Um, your support is amazing by all means. Feel free to send me an email at Cade at meetmyfollowers.com. Um, I do read every comment that is put up on the site. Um, I don't always respond for a couple of reasons. Um, But, uh, you know, I definitely appreciate everyone taking the time. It it does mean a lot to me. Um, You know, I know it can be hard to find 20 to 25 minutes every day. um, But uh, I appreciate those of you who do come and listen to every episode. And and I I have an idea on who you are. So thank you guys for all your support. And uh, let's uh, move on to the next couple of months worth of content. It's going to be fun.